Hello and welcome everybody to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. Tonight we are with Monica Plalevka Prue. And with her, we are going to jump into something really, really important and very timely. But before we talk to her, let's jump into this. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light, and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. And we're back. Thank you, everybody, for coming here this evening. And today, um, it's been really exciting to kind of make plans to have, you know, when authors will be put down on, on the schedule. And the timeliness of Monica's message is is really really important and so we're going to dive in deep right now you can see that running underneath on the ticker her book is called no matter what how far would you go to save save your child and before we jump into that part of the book we're going to do some background and kind of fill in this part so we can understand why she wrote this book so monica we talked a little bit off screen here and i would hey love to tell you or love to ask you um what happened why did all of this even get started share a little bit about the background of of how um unfortunately this whole thing about bullying began well my daughter was um just like any other little girl, she was very average in every way um, until she started school. And when she began school, she we discovered very quickly that she had some cognitive learning difficulties. So she wasn't learning as quickly as some of the other students. And in kindergarten, that wasn't really a big issue. But when she hit grade one, um, it uh, became quite apparent that she was struggling. And so at that young age, she started being bullied. But she was not bullied just from her peers. She was actually being bullied by some of the educators. Her her main educator, her classroom um, teacher, um, really targeted her and uh, made it so that the other students targeted her as well. From there, uh, we fought really long and hard to get her tested, cognitive, find out where her learning difficulties came. And she fought, this teacher fought us on it in every way. From that point on, we moved, We a few years later, we decided to move out of the community because it was a very tiny community. And um, I just felt that she wasn't getting the education or the help that she needed to thrive. So we moved to a, a larger community which had better uh, ed better skills for dealing with children with learning difficulties. And so we moved into this community and at the beginning it was really good for about a year or two, but when she hit grade three, um, the bullying intensified and there was a group of children that actually uh, created a, a, a little gang, they were little girls, uh, but their goal was to recruit other students to follow Samantha, my daughter, home and uh, beat her up. And they actually said that they wanted to kill her. So we went to the school. We talked to them about it. They didn't take us very seriously because for obvious reasons, I mean, who's going to think that 
grade three students are plotting to hurt another student to such a degree. So from that, from then on, we tried harder and harder to get support from um, educators and we put her into counseling. She was really traumatized by the idea that these girls wanted to hurt her. And things seemed to settle down a little bit, although there was always a, some bullying going on in the background. She didn't fit in quite the way some girls fit in. And I mean, it's very easy, especially with little girls or females, women even, that when there's three of them, they they tend to to kind of gang up on the third. It's just, it just sometimes happens. And she was always that left, the one left out, the one that was being ganged up on. Um, as she got a little bit older and went into junior high, um, social media came onto the, into the world and she was, you know, I didn't realize how dangerous it was at the time. And so she was spending time on Facebook and with her friends and, she was by that point point she had become quite secretive and wasn't letting me know what was really happening with her so i was really having to monitor um what she was doing and really pay attention to who she was hanging out with but she was very secretive and so unfortunately it i didn't realize things as quickly as i should have i knew that she was still being bullied i just didn't realize how severe it had gotten until it came to head and I started monitoring her social media and her phone and realized that the bullying was occurring 24 hours a day. She was going to school and being bullied. She was being bullied um, by text message, by phone calls. She was being bullied on social media. She was not getting any rest from it or any peace from it. And there, and they were, there was a gang mentality. So as one bully started they kind of plummeted and became more and more and more. And so she withdrew and became very depressed, uh, very um, started self-harming and started associating with people, other kids who were not part of the mainstream. So, so troubled children. Um, and before I knew it, what had happened Although, you know, there had been signs, small signs along the way, but before I knew how serious it was, she was completely immersed with these group of children who were very, very troubled. Some of them were drug dealers. Some of them were criminals. Some of them were, uh, their, their goals were to get more and more young girls involved. And it became very dangerous. She started running away and um, acting out. And by, by that time, she was 15. So there wasn't a, I discovered very quickly that there wasn't a lot of support. Now, I know it sounds like I maybe was naive and didn't know what was happening. When I say I didn't know how bad it was, it doesn't mean I wasn't involved. I was at that school all the time. I was saying, look, there is, there, I was showing them the school officials, text messages. I went to the police several times and said, printed out Facebook posts that were telling her to kill herself, to that she was worthless. Um, and nobody would help us. Nobody took it seriously. And so she plummeted into a state of severe anxiety and depression. 
by that time she was 15 years old. And when I tried to get her the help she needed, they, I was told that I couldn't force her because at 14, had I tried at 14 harder to force her into therapy, perhaps we could have done something, but at 15, they said, no, she could run away. She could do whatever. And we couldn't do anything. Now, when she became involved with a young man who was planning to traffic her, he um, convinced her that he was in love with her, although his it was very man manipulative and very destructive and very aggressive love. But she was broken and she didn't she didn't realize that that wasn't love that that he really meant her harm he was planning to take her out of the province and we went to police asking them for help saying if he takes her what are we going to do how do we get her and they basically told us that she could go and they would not look for her so i just it was bullying is what precipitated all of her downfall, all of her anxiety, all of her depression, and all of her mental health issues, because it totally destroyed her self-esteem and made her feel that that was how friends treated each other, that was how boyfriends would treat her, and she she really truly felt she was worthless. Wow, that and is very impactful for all of the, the parents listening to this. I think the fear factor is the lack of help. That's shocking. It was shocking to us as well. We tried everything we could think of. We went to the school. We went to police. We went to doctors. I went to hospitals. I went to therapists. Uh, everything I could think of, family and friends. And basically, all the professionals told us there really wasn't anything they could do for us. That's just, so when you're at that point of such a low level, when you are asking for people that can provide, provide help and they don't, what is it that you started to do, Monica? What, what was next? Um, well, at first I became extremely angry. I was very angry about the situation. I was frustrated. I myself became depressed, but I was determined. I decided that it didn't matter if we they we we couldn't get people to help us that somehow some way we were going to get to her and help her no matter what it took. And so I started, you know, monitoring her social media. She was running away all the time and sometimes I wouldn't see her for weeks on end and I knew that she was in grave danger with the people she was with. Um and there was, you know, a lot of bullying still going on while this was happening. There, she was getting death threats, and um, she was—it it was a very, very terrible situation. But I decided that no matter what, I would not let her fall through the cracks. So I followed her. <laughs> I chased her down. I um, sometimes physically forced her to come home with me. I locked her up sometimes. Um, I, I got private uh, counseling for her and um, forced her physically to go because she would not, not go. We had um, sometimes it was it was it was brutal. Sometimes I would have to 
physically pin her down and take her to therapy. And, um, and then knowing full well that I could turn around in any minute, she could be gone again. And there was nothing I could do until I got a hold of her again. Um, I should have been very afraid of the individuals she was with because I know that they meant us great harm. They were very angry that we would not let her go. Um, but I wasn't. I was just full of rage towards them. And so I decided that it didn't matter if if they decided to hurt us, that it wouldn't matter as long as I could save her. That's very brave. That's something that when... <laughs> When you're faced with all of the things that are happening, the, the the TV programs, the things you see, the movies, when they happen within your own life, and you're like, is somebody going to say cut? Can we finish this? Oh, no, no, this is real. Mm -hmm. It brings it into a level where people listening to the stories go, wait, what? Oh, right. You're not talking about a TV. This is your life. And you're like. Uh, yeah. 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 It did feel a little, a lot like I was living a nightmare or, or that honestly, like it was a movie. And, you know, there were often times where I would think this cannot be real. This cannot be happening, but it was, it was, it was our everyday existence. And, um, you know, when I would get her back, sometimes she would be so, so thin and so sick because while she was gone, she was drinking and doing drugs every minute of the time she was gone. And they weren't eating and they weren't um, looking after each her. She wasn't looking after herself. And um, she was um, in, a, in a desperate, desperate place. And, you know, when it's obviously when you're when you're you're right, when you're living it, you can't even fathom that this is truly what's going on in your life and nobody seems to understand because it feels so out there that it's you think it can't really be this doesn't really happen right right <laughs> looks like we have samantha here she says hi mom that's my little girl <laughs> yes fortunately she's doing really well now <laughs> so the fight to save someone, no matter how far you go to really help them at the time, at the minute, at, at everything that is happening, there's something in the future that we can't see, mm -hmm. but we know that if we don't fight for her, who will? And you already asked all these professionals, teachers, school places, counselors, police, nobody else would. If nobody else would. And and honestly, if if we wouldn't have, I knew that we ran the risk. No, I actually I knew we would never see her again. If if she left, we would never see her again. I feared that she would be dead on the side of a road somewhere. And I was just not gonna give up that fight without having done everything I possibly could to make sure she that did not happen. So all of this going on and it comes kind of to some type of, of end. Mm -hmm. We won't have to discuss all of that, but somewhere you started to feel, I need to write about this. So right. now it's time to talk about the book. Right. And your book is called, No Matter What, How Far Would You Go to Save Your Child? Tell us a little bit about 
how the process of writing and why you wanted to do that. Mm. Well, I've always wanted to write a book. Um, and this, after things had settled down and Sam was home and safe and we were headed on an upward path of recovery, um, I kept thinking that I should write a book or I should do something to help other parents, maybe start a support group, something. But I didn't know where to begin. And I wasn't sure how Sam would feel about us talking about me discussing her life in front of so many people. Um, so I, I kept that in the back of my mind for, for several years. And then um, the opportunity came up and I, I was actually working on a novel and I started the novel and then I decided it this just was this little push in the back of my brain that kept saying, really, this is what you want to do. You want to, you want to help other parents. You want to help other teens write this book. So I talked to Sam and she agreed that um, she was, wanted me to write it and share it. So I started the process. It took me about two years because it was a very long, painful, traumatic experience reliving it, but it was also very cathartic cathartic and healing and um once it was done i i just couldn't wait to get it out there for other parents who i know other parents are feeling alone i know right. they are because i was there so i just um was thrilled to get it out and i was thrilled that my daughter was such an integral part of it of telling our family's story and her story in the telling of the story, how many people listened or was or wanted to know more or what happened with with them? With with the people who wanted to know more? Yes. Um, okay, so I've created a program, a coaching program, and I work with uh, families of teens and young adults who struggle with anxiety, depression, um, self-harming, or are just acting out, or full of rage or anger or running away. There are so many things that affect our teens nowadays and so many ways that as parents, we feel we're ill-equipped to help them. And while I always encourage everybody to get therapy, there's also, the coaching program, which is geared towards helping parents and teens look in or inly at themselves and how they can heal and how which steps they need to take to incre increase communication and decrease the stress that's happening in the home. Um, so my program is called the Unreachable Reach Program. And um, it's made up of five modules, which is the root module, the eyes wide open module as parents we have to be willing to openly look at ourselves and look at what our teens going through and look at whether they're getting into trouble why that's happening or whether they're withdrawing um and and all the different ways so there and then there's uh, attack so attacking negative influences and chasing chasing with love in any way that we can to reach them and, and then finally repairing the hurt. So, um, and that's, you know, it's, I've been fortunate enough to work with some 
really lovely families who um, have found my program to be helpful to them and open a little bit of the closed doors that occur when things um, go wrong. Yes. The idea of reaching out, I think our hearts are always within that reach. It's the how, what do I do? What if, what if, what if I offend or pull too hard or mm -hmm. break this or, you know, break the trust again, or there's so many. All I know is that action starts and it usually goes in, in a good way because your heart is really connected to, to their heart. They're your child. Right, right. And, and I always say that, you know, as parents, we're really the ones who know them better than anybody else. So teachers and friends and everybody has their opinion of who our child is. But instinctually, we know who our children are. We know what they need. We just have to dig deep into ourselves to, to reconnect with that. Right. And that reconnection, I think, also has timing with that. Um, the families that experience this, there, there is a timing that I think with just naturally with maturity helps, right? Mm -hmm. We've got, got that troubled teen range, that, that 14 to 17 year old, just if I can get through those years, right. well, the, the challenges there, whatever the scale and your scale is extreme, but we have to build the relationships with them and to know that no matter what, there is a place, there is love. Now, of course, you can have love with, with boundaries, but mm -hmm. there will be a safe space for them to come back. So I'd be interested to know, um, as you chased after your, your daughter and physically took her to these places and therapies, now with her perspective on things, what does she say about that? Um... Well, I, she's, she's, she's very grateful that we did. Um, and she, you know, there was a lot of things that she did and said she didn't even know she was doing. She just was so broken that she, and, and so damaged by everything that had happened to her, that she was acting on instinct. And um, so the whole process was actually a learning process for me as well. I had to learn to recommunicate with her in ways that worked um, and to hold back sometimes and push forward other times, regardless of how difficult it seems. So um, she knows that without that, she may not, would not have been where she is today. And she did, but she did the hard work herself. You know, I, I mean, we fought for her and, and made that happen, but she had to make that choice to fight for herself. It was just to get her to see that. That was the hard part. Yes, it usually is the hardest part. And so in your book, you share the story, the ins and outs, I'm sure kind of in a, in a short timeline of, of how things progressed and then the chasing after. So as you've got your, your, um, your subtitle here, that mm -hmm. says, you know, how far will you go to, to save your child? 
when as you're writing this, is there a particular chapter that really stands out to you that speaks to that subtitle? Uh, yeah, there <laughs> there is a chapter where I was um, feeling very desperate, and I thought we had done everything we could and there was no one who was willing to help us and I was terrified that he was going to take her out of the province especially after finding out from the police that they were not going to continue to search for her if she went and that basically she would be beyond our reach and anything could happen to her so I became quite desperate um, and started considering some very dangerous solutions that and criminal solutions that I really had to struggle with to decide whether I was willing to go that far to protect her. Um, fortunately, we didn't have to go that route. Um, but even to this day, I'm not 100% sure that I wouldn't have. Wow. And I think that's that you know best description, which is the, the mama bear. There's just a point where you've focused, where you've done all that you can, and you're going to continue to figure out how to help. And so I'm really glad that Samantha jumped on here. And she says, again, hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful that she has the support that you wrote the book together in the sense of together with permission for her. Like she mm -hmm. was share the story and trusting you. I mean, that that to me says a huge thing about your relationship to trust you to write about this for the world to read and she's satisfied and fine with that that's that's big mom that's a big part it's of huge that. it's huge i uh as she read it as i was writing it though and i you know i gave it to her she read it several times and there were many times where i was more afraid or i would kept saying well how do you feel about this even you know a month before the book was coming out i was asking her if you don't want me to do this, I can pull the plug right now. And she said, no, it's good. I'm proud. I'm happy that we've agreed to do this. So we're That's very cool. close. She's my angel. I can see that. I love you so much, Mama, she says. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's wonderful. Thank you, Samantha, for not quitting on your mom, not quitting on your family, not quitting. And that's part of, you know, un unfortunately, there comes that, that line and only those who come up to it and then cross over it know where it is. Mm -hmm. And when the line is crossed and all hope is gone, we can end with awful tragedies, with, you know, horrible circumstances for future or no future. And mm -hmm. the impact... Stories like this impact whole communities. We might think, oh, that's their challenge with the bullying. If anything happened, if Samantha was upset enough, if the man was upset enough, if, 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 all of a sudden exactly. a community could have been like what happened. Exactly. Exactly. So as this part of the society and community, we need to reach, connect more and not be so isolated We've got to connect. Samantha says, right. didn't give up on me, so I didn't give up on her. 
when she was writing this book. Oh, mama, that's that touches hearts right there. <laughs> she, I mean, if you think about it, you know, her egg, she turned her despair inward. So she became angry with herself and lashed out. But but only to her parents and her family, she could have turned that anger outwards and lashed out in the community and done, you know, unspeakable things. So yeah, the revenge that the gang that was trying to bully her, I'm sure she remembers knows that I mean, it could have happened to mm -hmm. anyone. If you have a thought long enough and a, and an anger or some kind of drive on that, and if you can't let it go there, there's could be awful things. Mm -hmm. so, you know, just as as something we want to take as caution, please watch. Parents, please be involved. This is the the cost. Mm -hmm. What it means to parents. And the absent parent is no more. We we must connect together and community connecting together. Yeah. Not for one another. As a teacher, I watch, I listen, I learn about many things from my students. And I'll share things with their parents that they've shared with me and we didn't know. And mm -hmm. more conversations. And as a bridge and a go-between, I feel that responsibility as part of the social and the community part to support because we all need that in our lives. So, Monica, I think you it's are so valuable. Yeah, I think you're tough as nails to know that even after all these no's, you didn't quit. And you turned it into a project that now helps so many parents. So with our last few minutes here, Monica, what would you like to share with the world tonight? Um, basically, I just want parents to know that they're not alone. That and unfortunately, this is more and more common. Um, and it, we have to be more diligent than we've ever been before. You said it perfectly when you said that families and community needs to connect. We have to fight the negative influences by doing that. Because now it's not just something isolated that occurs in a school setting. Now it's everywhere. They are Our children are being influenced everywhere they go. And they're being bombarded. So we have to be really, really aware of what they're doing, where they're going, and what their influences are, who they're connecting with. And the only way we can do that is as a community, watching right. out for each other. I believe that's very true. And that is that old idea of the beacon of light. As that lighthouse, it's not there to serve itself. It's there to reach out and to help others. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Thank you, Samantha, for joining us and, and sharing your insight there. Thank you, Monica. Parents, get out there. Grab this book. It is it is on Amazon. We will share the link below. And tomorrow we will have the blog, and she'll share more of her story about that tomorrow. So we'll send that out to everybody. Please make sure to read that. Like, heart, share, subscribe. And let's bring out this beacon to all. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye.